0: Oh, Saha, no, but two Saha, no, but Shanti, Shanti. Welcome, everyone, to today's class. So today is a very auspicious day, Easter Sunday. What's the significance of Easter? What's the significance of Easter Sunday? Anyone? Yeah, Magna? Is it the
1: crucifixion and resurrection of Christ?
0: That's what he represents. Jesus was crucified on the Friday, and on the Sunday he was resurrected, became alive again. And Easter Sunday represents his resurrection. Some say Jesus was the son of God. Some say he is God. It's the same thing. We're all children of God. God is within all of us the difference is Jesus was self-realized he knew that this whole world is God I am God God is within within me he knew that he was not this personality he was the self he knew that most people didn't know most people don't know that you all now have this awareness you are not this physical body this mind this intellect you are the self the god principle atman brahman and life's journey is to realize this become one with this reality thereafter you are no different than jesus no different the volume we have not. So there's no difference between us and Jesus. Anybody else wants to add anything to that? So, any questions? Just now do you want to say something?
1: No, I wanted to just say it's um, time of lots of chocolates. Okay
0: but just don't eat the chocolate. Remember why you're eating the chocolate. That's what we're saying. (laughs) Any questions from last class? Okay. So this is, uh, we're starting chapter 18, Theory of Perception. What does perception mean before we begin? Theory of perception, what is this? What does perception mean? What does to perceive? What does it mean to perceive? Yeah. Damage. It's the way we see things or the way we understand life or the way we understand what what we see, and how, how, how we fit it together. Yes, what does perception mean? It's so simple, it's nothing philosophical. What does perception mean? You perceive something. The way you understand it.
2: Wait. I was just going to say, what Dharma said, it's, it's how you understand and how you see certain things from your angle. If you if you the thesaurus of perception is obtaining
0: knowledge through senses. Obtaining knowledge through senses. Understand, discover, observe, recognize, to see. This is all different ways of gaining knowledge. Using your senses. Someone's got their mic on. Uh really, could you make sure that? Yeah, thank you. So this is what perception means. The theory of perception. So this chapter talks about the world and how it, how we perceive it, how it is perceived. You say that the world is unreal. It is Maya. And how is it that we perceive it? What is this world? What is the nature of this world? From whose perspective should we see this world? We don't think about these things. From whose perspective should we see this world? You'll all say, from my perspective, My but only the way I see it is real. Okay, let's find out. Okay, let's find out. Phenomenon of the world. Michna.
1: What is the world like? What is its exact nature? Is the world what it appears to be to the senses? If the perception of the senses were to determine that, then whose senses are to do it? The senses of different things or different beings interpret the world differently. Ants perceive the world in a particular way, while elephants do so in another way. And humans perceive it different from ants and elephants. Then whose senses are to be relied upon? Who's accepted as the standard? That of human, animal or plant. Living beings view the world as children, view their images in convex and concave mirrors. These mirrors produce ludicrous images. They appear long as pine trees or flat as pancakes. Thus, there are multifarious versions of the world. The question arises as to the exact nature of the world. What is right and what is wrong? It has provoked philosophers to investigate and reach distinct conclusions. They have laid down conflicting theories. Vedanta reconciles these divergent views and presents the Vedantic theory of perception. It needs to be carefully studied and reflected upon.
0: They saying we as humans experience the world. How? How do we experience this world? How do we perceive this world? With our senses. We perceive this world through the senses. What are our senses? We see the world with our eyes. We hear with our ears. We taste with the tongue. Feel with touch. Smell with our nose. And in this way, we perceive the world. So the question arises, with whose senses are we to take as right? Plants and animals view the world differently. They have their own way of perceiving. How does an ant see the world? How does your pet dog see the world? Not the same as you. How does an elephant see the world? We have a fish pond in the garden. Every year we get new baby fishes. They're born in this pond. And I wonder sometimes their whole life is in the pond. That is their world. How do they see the world? So whose senses is correct? That is the question. Whose senses is correct? We don't think about life in this way. Whose senses are correct? Anyone? Whose senses are correct?
1: It's one's own senses
0: yeah i was gonna say the same the person who sees it observes it who should we take a standard that this is the world
2: would it would it be the sages (laughs) would it be the sages Sages, just uh,
0: just knowing um you got your
2: It's Amra who wants to say it. It's it's nobody. um, Each one is standard according to similar to their their fingerprint. Each each standard is up to the individual. Thank
0: you. This is what we're going to find out today. Yes, uh, Dipabind?
1: I was going to say it's the self. self. That's the standard. That's everywhere.
0: Taken after the last paragraph. (laughs) Thank you. So we can't say only the way human senses perceive is the right way. We can't say that. It's very egoistic of us to say the way humans see the world is the right way. What about all these creatures? Humans make up 0.0001% of all species in the planet. How can... We say that it's the way we see the world is right. So, what is the exact nature of the world? This is what we're going to find out. Does everyone understand the question? So, different philosophers throughout time have put their different theories forward. Vedanta combines these theories and puts forward. The Vedantic Theory of Perception. Remember, it's a theory. It cannot be proved. Now, we're going to study different perspectives from philosophers throughout time. who have put forward their theory to say this is what the world is. Now, this chapter really needs to be studied, reflected on, to be able to get some idea of what is this world like. Otherwise, we will not understand the depth and detail of what is being said in this chapter. What we're doing in this class is really just getting an overview. Now, if this topic interests you, then study it. If you don't study it, it's not the end of the world. Okay, we're just going to go through it. But it's not imperative that you understand this chapter. Yeah, But it's interesting. So the Western philosophers, there are two schools of thought, and we're going to study them now. The two schools of thought are the theory of idealist idealism and realism. Both perspectives are different, and this is what they study in philosophy classes. So let's find out. What are the two theories from the Western perspective?
1: Magna. One set of thinkers laid down the theory of idealism. According to the idealists, the world is not what it appears to your sense perception. The world as it appears to you is false, illusory, unreal, Ideal, idealism again has different branches superheaded by eminent philosophers like Berkeley, Plato, Hegel and others. Another set of thinkers laid down the theory of realism. According to the realists, the world is real. The world is as it appears to you. Things and beings are just as they seem to you. Real in themselves. Bain and Mill are among
0: the philosophers who support realism. So The Western philosophers, there are two schools of thought. One group gave the theory of idealism, which states that the world is not as we perceive it. It is not as we perceive it with our senses. In other words, it is unreal. This world is unreal, they said. Plato, Berkeley, Hegel, other philosophers, eminent philosophers were the main believers of this idea. They said the world is not real. The other group gave the theory of realism. And they're saying that the world is real. Everything you perceive with your senses is real. As you see, feel, touch, smell, taste, everything is real, they said. So these two groups debate between them about their theories, each believing that they are right and the other is wrong. Does everyone understand these two different schools of thought?
2: Okay.
1: Meghna. Most people find it difficult to tune into these abstruse speculative theories. They dismiss them as mere theoretical enunciations of little value. They do not realise that theory plays an essential part in practical life, that all activity in the world is backed by thought. Vedanta provides you with the knowledge to explain the phenomenon of the world with its theory of perception a theory founded on the laws of
0: science. So most people, they say, cannot understand these ideas. You know, it's, beyond, it's above people's thinking. And frankly speaking, they have no interest in knowing this. because really no one, no one really knows. They're just theories. You know, we're just studying it to get some idea. And Vedanta has its own theory, which explains the phenomenon of the world based on the laws of science. So we're going to study these three theories in this chapter. Idealism, who say the world is not real. Realism, who say the world is real. And then we sum it up with what Vedanta says. So okay. It is a bit terse, I'm afraid today, but we have to take it as it is. Meghna, and make it as, pain, as less painful as possible. Meghna.
1: Before launching into the study of the theory of perception, the two terms commonly used, subject and object, need to be defined. In the context, the world subject means the perceiver, knower, experiencer, while object means that which is perceived, known, ex- While object means that which is perceived, known, experienced. Take the example of perceiving a landscape. You are the perceiver and the landscape, the perceived. You are the knower, experiencer, and the landscape, the known, experienced. You are the subject, the landscape, the object.
0: Don't worry about what it says. I'm gonna explain it in simple terms. So before we delve into these theories, we have to understand two terms, which we need to know to to be able to understand this explanation. Subject and object, it's quite simple. Subject in this context means what we perceive. So subject in this context means the perceiver, us, experiencer, the knower, An object to mean what is experienced, known, perceived. Example, you see a sunset. You are the subject, the perceiver. And the sun is the object, perceived. You see a mountain. Mountain is the object. You are the subject. Quite simple, yeah? The tree is there. Tree is the object. You are looking at the tree. You are the subject. The perceiver. The bird is the object. You are the subject hearing and seeing the bird. It's quite straightforward. Any clarifications? Shashnabint makes sense? Your husband next door, you are the perceiver, you see him. <laughs> he is the object. <laughs> now, what is the subject? What is the object? Any any questions? Is everyone clear? Yeah,
1: okay. Here again, the concept of the subject varies. Western philosophers take the mind as the subject. Consider the mind to be the perceiver, knower, experiencer. Whereas Vedanta states the mind itself to be an object, known, experienced. You can conceive your mind, know it, experience it. It fits into the definition of an object, not subject. Anything perceived or conceived, known or experienced, ceases to be the subject in the true sense. Vedanta declares the inner self, Atman, to be the subject. To be the real perceiver, knower, experiencer. Hence, from the absolute point of view, the Atman is the subject, the mind, the object. While in the relative sense, from a practical angle, the mind becomes the subject and the rest of the world, the object. However, in theories of perception discussed below, the mind is taken as the subject, perceiver, knower, experiencer and what is perceived, known, experienced by the mind as the object.
0: Again, Don't worry too much about getting your head around it. I'm going to explain it in simple terms. In Western philosophy, they take the mind as the subject. That's all we have to know. The mind is the perceiver. They don't go beyond that. You are the mind. That's the way they see it. They're not considering the thought of Atman God principle in living in fact to them that is it's beyond that they don't understand that so Western philosopher Plato they take the mind as the subject. Now it's saying that in Vedanta we take it to a different level as Deepa said, you know the self, but for this particular topic that we're studying forget about that you are the mind. No, nothing, make sense? That's all you need to know. You are the mind perceiving. But does it make sense? You are the mind, nothing else you need to know. So what we're gonna about study, just understand. Don't forget worry about Atman, the self, nothing, the five senses the mind, and that's it. See, it's hard enough for us to understand it at this level, to bring in the Brahman, Atman self, it makes it, it just takes it to different levels and we won't be able to understand it. So for now, let's just take it as that. See, some of you, some of you must be thinking this is a bit boring now, yeah? I don't know if I can stay focused throughout today's class. And I'll be the first one to say to you, I don't blame you. I probably switched off when I went to this lecture as well. So I'm going to explain the whole chapter to you in the next few minutes. All three three theories I'm going to explain to you in the next few minutes. And thereafter, anybody wants to mentally switch off, can do so. Think about what's for lunch. Not a problem. So... The idealists say that the world does not exist. These are the three theories I'm gonna explain to you. That the world does not exist. There's nothing there. It is all a projection of your thoughts, your mind. You created it. There is no world. This is what the idealists say. The realists say that the world does exist. And it exists if you are there or not. In other words, if you see a river in the distance, the idealists say that the river does not exist. Your mind projected that river, while the realists say that the river is real and it does exist. If your mind is there or not, it's irrelevant. The river exists. The idealist theory everything is based on the subject and the realist theory is everything based on the object those are the two theories in a nutshell does everyone understand that that's why this particular chapter needs to be studied the idealist says if the mind isn't there there is no world. The realists say, forget the mind, the objects are real. So, What does Vedanta say? Vedanta says, is that the Vedanta says to the idealists, yes, you are right. The world is projected by the mind, but without the object being there, a river, for example, you can't perceive the river. to the realist it says yes you are right the world does exist as it is without the river there you can't perceive it but you need the subject there to perceive the object as well you need both this is what Vedanta says so they're both partly right but not conclusive so In a nutshell, the Vedantic theory is that the subject must meet the object. There has to be contact, a reaction between the two, for there to be a perception. And that is the conclusion of this whole chapter. We're going to study in more detail each of these theories, whoever wants to study it. We're going to study in more detail, the theories, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. Any clarifications? Can do you understand the basics of the three theories? If I can hear snoring, it's okay. Dipa, does that make sense? The three theories, yeah. Ernabin. Okay, we're going to go into more detail now of each of those theories. So what is the idealism? Why did idealism, uh, idealists say this world is not real? It's just a projection. We're gonna find out. Ravi, is it you're reading? Yeah.
2: Idealism is a theory which makes the subject responsible for the phenomenon of the world. The idealists say that, the, that this world is not what it appears to be. The world perceived is produced by the subject's activity. The mind projects the entire phenomenon, thoughts create it all. The thoughts are the reality, according to the idealist, The world, a mere illusionary projection with no reality of its own. The idealists have advanced their arguments in support of this theory. Two of their main contentions are, one, Let me just explain you that. perceive
0: the... So idealism, we covered this, it states that the individual subject, the mind, the thoughts in the mind, is totally responsible and projects the world. The world is not real. And they've got two examples they're putting forward, we're gonna cover that now, to explain why they said, why they think this, yeah? To back up their reasoning, they've got two theories, two ideas, and we're gonna discuss that now.
2: Go on, early. You perceive the world, claim that the world is real, that it exists on its own. You do not seem to realize that the same world disappears no sooner you fall off to sleep. In deep sleep, you do not perceive the world. Even in the waking state, when your mind is totally absorbed in some activity, like being engrossed in a novel, you do not see someone standing in front of you or hear him calling you or even feel his pat on your back. The idolists thus maintain That you do not perceive the world when the mind is absent, when the subject does not participate. Your mind alone, your thoughts alone, perceive the world. Therefore, according to the idolist, the entire world is but a projection of your mind, thoughts. Your senses no doubt perceive the world, but they cannot do so without the mind. No mind, no world. That is the idealist law. So the idealists put forward the
0: argument, and they state, where is the world when you are asleep? There is no world. Where is the world when you're in deep sleep? You do not perceive the world. When you're awake, if your mind is immersed in something, in a book or in a deep thought, you know, sometimes you just there outside the window and your mind just gone somewhere, you're not aware of things going on around you. Even if your partner is calling your name, you cannot hear it. Where is the world then? This is what they're saying. Where is the world when you're in sleep mode? In a deep sleep, where is the world? You're not perceiving it. No mind, no world. This is what they're saying. No mind, no world. Another example.
2: Another example. Examine the case of hypnotism. The hypnotist suggests powerfully to a protege that the floor on which he stands is a lake. The thoughts in his mind are changed from the floor to a lake. The person does not see the floor anymore, sees a lake instead. He starts fishing in it. So it is your mind, your thoughts that create the world. The world has no reality of its own. This is one argument that the idolists put forward.
0: They hypnotize you. We've all seen this TV program. They call three or four people from the audience, weak-minded people. They make suggestions and the mind believes it. You've all seen it. The floor is a lake. They believe it is a lake. They're given fishing rods. They start fishing in the lake. How come? Their mind thinks it's a lake. And they're fishing. There isn't really a lake, is there? There isn't really a lake there. But their mind believes there is a lake there. Who created that lake? You've all seen the program, right? Who created that lake? projection of their mind so the idealist believe that the world is a mere projection of the mind no mind no world see they've got a strong argument haven't they no mind no world sleep where is the world doesn't exist for you
2: one more example The second contention of the idlist is that the reality of the world cannot be based entirely on the senses. People attribute reality to the world relying merely on the evidence of the senses. Senses are surely not reliable. Your own senses interpret the world differently at different times, places, and circumstances. Then there are the variety of senses of humans, so, sorry, of humans, birds, and beasts. Submarine and subterranean creatures have senses too. Each set of senses has its own interpretation of the world. They differ wildly. Now, whose senses are to be taken as authoritative? Whose senses fix? as the standard. They vary from being to being. Even in one being, the senses change. You cannot treat a variable factor as invariable. It would be a mistake to do so. Hence, the idealists have concluded that the world is not what it appears to be. The world as it appears is the false, illusory, Illusory and unreal
0: they believe the world is illusionary see we have already covered this in the beginning of this class different senses from different species perceive the world differently animals humans so whose senses do we take as the benchmark as the standard so they have concluded that the world is not what it is it is an illusion it is unreal that's what the idealists are saying what do you think anybody has any uh, thoughts on this saying the world isn't real they have a point to a certain extent there is some evidence from what they're what they're presenting you know these are deep philosophers thinking magna
1: so when we say that the in in an idealistic view, we're only talking about how we perceive it to our, ourselves, because obviously if someone is asleep or in deep sleep, you're, the world is shut off to them. But then someone can you can argue that the person next to you is awake and the world is real for them. And in that world, you are still there. So if the world wasn't real, then it, it would essentially shut off for everybody. If that, make, if that makes sense. So are we when they say idealism? are they saying that you're only focused on you and how you see the world? It doesn't matter if other people are awake and also living at the same time. It's just that the world is shut off for you. Therefore, it no longer exists.
0: No longer exists for you. So you've, you've, you've mixed up the idealist and realism, both theories. There's well, nothing wrong with that. Because what you're saying is the, I, the person is asleep, but for the other person, the world is still there when it is there. Mm. That's what the realists say. Your mind is there or not, the world is still there.
1: And with the like the hypnotist situation, if, if someone is hypnotized and they can imagine a lake and they sort of start swimming in it or anything, and but everyone else is there and they they can maybe see the lake but they wouldn't be able to sort of like jump in it. They'd just hit the floor because that point is not real. So even though the projection of their mind is there, there's a limitation to that hypnosis as well because you can't just, it, it, it doesn't exist at that point, even if they can see it.
0: Absolutely. But the mind has projected it. So how can you rely on your senses? This is what they're saying. How can you rely on your senses? If one minute there's a floor and someone says, no, it's a lake, and your mind projects a lake. How can you rely on your senses that what you're seeing is real? Mm. You with me? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: How can you rely on your senses that they're showing you what's real? That's why they're saying, and whose senses do we accept? Even between you and your mum, you'll see, uh, if you see something, you may say, no, it's this size, this big, and your mum might say, no, it's actually smaller. How do you whose senses do you rely on? An animal sees it differently. You see a mountain. How does an ant see a mountain? You with me? So how do you rely on your senses? This is what they're saying. So the idealists say there's it's all the minds projection. There is no world. And this is their theory. And these are eminent philosophers, by the way. Who are saying this yeah people who, who are known in history people philosophers that are studied in philosophy classes yeah Ravi.
2: the idols give all importance to the subject none to the object they take the subject to be everything as the creator of the phenomenal world little realising the subject is variable, changeable, impermanent. They make the world depend entirely upon the subject. They fail to understand that the subject itself is part of the created world. A part of the creation cannot be held responsible for the creation. Just as a dreamer is part of the dream, an aspect of the creation of the dream, The dreamer, the dreaming subject, has not created the dream. The responsibility for the creation of the dream world cannot therefore be placed on the dreamer. Similarly, the waker, the perceiver in the waking world is part of the waking world. It would be incorrect to hold the waker responsible for the creation of the waking world. That is what the idealists have done. The waker and the world that he experiences are part of the same creation hence the world cannot emanate from the waker perceiver subject there lies the fallacy of the idealist
0: so we are we're, we're basically breaking part that theory and saying it cannot be true why because the idealist gives importance to the subject for creating the world and not to the object They don't understand that the subject is also part of the world. See, we're looking at it from a different perspective, Vedanta. The subject, you, me, waker, you, me, are all part of this waking world, this creation. So how can we also be the creator of this waking world? How can our mind create this world? We are all part of this creation, the same it's deep thinking, deep thought, (laughs) deep, you need plenty of caffeine before you take on this class, (laughs) and they're saying, so, because when you go to sleep, you have a dream, okay, they're saying, Vedanta says, when you go to sleep, you have a dream, you can't say the dreamer created the dream world, the dreamer is also part of the dream, how can you have created the dream? Who created the dream, by the way, who created the dream? Those are still awake. Who created the dream? Sushi?
1: Is it the dreamer?
0: We just said the dreamer cannot because it's part of it. Oh. Who created it? Yeah, Dimple? Our mind? The waker's mind. The waker's mind created the dream. The waker's not in the dream. The is in the dream. So what they're saying is the world cannot come from the waker, from our minds, because the waker, the subject, us, the mind is also part of the waking world. How can something part of the world create the world? This is the flaw in the idealist theory. You cannot have created this world, they're saying. You're part of the creation. Don't worry; we don't understand it. It's okay. Read it, think about it. If you are interested in this particular topic, in, in a way, what we're doing is, you know, we're giving out this. We're studying this subject, Vedanta. Yeah, and people can say, oh, it comes from Hinduism, it comes from India, it comes from the Himalayas, wherever it comes from, and they compartmentalize it to. An Eastern philosophy. yeah, And they'll say, well, the Western philosophy says this, that. What we're doing is we're combining all these philosophies, so then we're incorporating them all, so that we can understand where Vedanta philosophy fits in. It's purely for that understanding we're doing this exercise. You with me? Simple? Makes sense? We're, we're, we're combining the, all the philosophies to have a better understanding. Otherwise, we're compartmentalizing it just to an Eastern philosophy. And this is what we're doing. So, for them to say is the idealist is wrong or partly wrong. Any questions? So we'll quickly see what the realists say, and then we'll cover what Vedanta says in the next class. Realism.
1: Realism is a theory which makes the object responsible for the creation of the world, which considers the world real as it appears. The realists believe things are real in themselves, You see the sun shining above, a hill standing yonder, a brook flowing across the meadow. They say all these have a reality of their own, independent of your thoughts. Realists also advance arguments in their support of their theory. Their main contentions are...
0: So, this theory gives all importance to the object. We've already said this. The world is real as we see it. All objects are real. The sun is there, even if you see it or not. The river is there, even if you see it or not. It doesn't matter if your thoughts, your mind is there or not. All these things are real. This is what the realists say. They give all importance to the object itself. And their two main arguments are,
1: Number one, you perceive things and beings right before you because they are all there. Not only you, everyone perceives them. You see a horse. You see the same horse over and over again, day after day. The horse does not transform itself into a mule. It never does. Your mind may undergo the change, but the horse remains a horse just
0: because it is real in itself. Objects are there and they are all real. You see a horse, everyone sees a horse. The horse is real. Whenever you pass the field, you see the horse. Just because one day your mind is disturbed, you don't see a donkey. You still see the horse is still there. This is what they're saying. So it's got nothing to do with your mind. The horse is real. This is what they're saying. Next argument.
1: Number two, the idealists contend that everything is a creation of the mind. If that be so, let their minds create what they wish. Let their mind produce a horse or a mule. They can never do that. They cannot produce substantial things out of insubstantial thoughts.
0: Realists say, If the idealists believe that it is the mind that creates the object, then they can create whatever they want. Let them make a horse into a donkey. They cannot do that, can they? They cannot make significant things from minor thoughts. You are poor. Why don't you create money? You can't do that, can you? This is what they're saying. You guys are wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. These objects are real. The real in the world. This is what they are arguing. Next paragraph.
1: The realists treat the object all important and disregard the subject. Just the opposite of what the idealists do. Realists believe the object to be everything. They consider the variable changeable world of objects to be real in itself. They do not realize that the object also is a part of the creation. You cannot hold the object alone responsible for the creation of the world, but the realists believe it to be so. That is where their mistake lies.
0: we just believe the opposite of the idealists, that the object is responsible for the world and they are real. But Vedanta says the object is also part of the creation. So therefore, how can hence cannot be responsible for the creation of the world? This is where they are wrong. Object cannot create itself. So, you cannot say that the horse created itself or created this world. It's not possible. So, what does Vedanta say?
1: Like now. Thus, the idealists and realists have been in constant conflict with each other, with their arguments and counter arguments, quibbling and quarreling with no meeting point. The Vedantic theory of perception takes both the subject and object into account, reconciles the differences between the idealists and the realists, and presents a comprehensive formula for the phenomenon of this world.
0: This is what we're gonna study next week. Vedantic theory. They take both the object and the subject since they are both necessary to create this world. It merges both theories, the idealists and the realists, and presents its own formula for the creation of this world. And that is the Vedantic Theory of Perception, which we'll cover next week, because if I cover it today, you won't get any of it. (laughs) So, I know it's a bit deep today, but is there any questions? Does anyone want me to explain anything that has been said today? You really need to have a read and think about it. And as I said, if you don't um, do it, it's not a problem, this particular chapter. We just That's why we're just going through it quickly. Any questions, clarifications? I can go over it again, any portion of it if you wish. 11, you're in deep thought, which is correct. So these are Western philosophers. We're we're just studying what they think, how the world is, what the world is. You you open any philosophy book, it will have this in there. That's why we're just covering it. We've not covered anything spiritual so far today, besides the introduction to Jesus Christ. Yeah, we just covered Western philosophy here today. Okay, any other questions, general questions? You're frazzled, that's fine. <laughs> All your brains are frazzled. Huh? Now you know, I've switched off in this class as well. I've probably learned more about this topic, this chapter while preparing for class for you guys than I did in, the, in the, when I studied in the Ashram, actually. <laughs> yeah, Meghna.
1: Um, I was going to say, I heard this um, quote a while ago, actually, and it never made sense really until today. I don't know if anyone has heard, but it's, if, a, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, Does
0: it make a sound? It isn't there. Who's to know? So you have a better understanding today of the world and what is perceived, how it's perceived. You know, even the idea of the fact that we see the world, how other creatures see the world, it it should make you think, what is this world then? Is it real? It's real for me, but what everybody else? You must question. You must create a question in your head, a doubt in your head. What is this world? Even if it just does that, as today's class does, put a doubt in your mind. Am I seeing this world for what it is? It's enough. If you've got that thought in your head, it's enough. You've learned a lot today. I'm seeing this. Is it real? You know, you go for a drive with your partner and then after, at the end of the journey you say, did you see that uh, whatever, what did you That sun? That, did you see that uh, cloud, that sunrise? And your partner says, no, I didn't see it. It was beautiful. Didn't you see it? No, I didn't see it. Their mind wasn't there. Their mind was on something else. That's why they didn't say it. No mind, no world. Okay. I'll let you enjoy the rest of Easter Sunday. Arunabind.
1: I just wanted to say thank you. Your explanations clarified a lot. So it really
0: helped. You don't mind me sharing your text. Arunabind texted me saying she read this chapter yesterday. And she goes it's so difficult to understand you know uh she was just pointing it out so that's why she's saying that she understands it better now that we've had this class this clarification um just needs more deep thinking
1: no I appreciate that the fact that i'm sure you do a lot of reading and research to prepare for these classes and that's what makes it easier for us to understand
0: yeah Ramiji does it taught us with his hard work and We're we're just combining that and giving it to you in a way you can understand it, Mm -hmm. at a basic level. Then, If you want to learn it deeper, then you have to put your own study into it, your own effort into it. Whoever has an interest will do it. Whoever doesn't, won't. And that's fine. But you have a better idea now, Ronavin, yes? Mm -hmm. I also
1: have a very good YouTube one as well, sort of kind of helped think about it. But talking about what when you go outside and what you might perceive very differently, Vijay and I were talking about this like when we go for a drive somewhere, and um, I'm very interested in the nature and everything, and he'd be interested in different things, and we perceive and come out with very different views about the same day.
0: Different minds. Outside, everything is the same. But different minds perceive it differently. This is the difference. So think about it. Hold on, it's up here. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll finish this chapter uh, next week. And then we, we get to the nitty gritty bit. The illusions, Maya. When, whence, wherefore, this world? What is this world? Where does it come from? Well, explore the fact that the world is an illusion. Very deep. Make philosophers out of all of you. By the time we finished this book. <laughs> okay, have a lovely Sunday.